Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast and today I am joined by Ollie Olds who is a ex-professional rugby player turned mindset coach. Mm. So welcome Ollie, I've been looking forward to doing this, it's kind of been in the planning for the last couple of weeks but we haven't actually been able to get around to it until today so I'm glad you're <laughs> No thank you so much for having me on Laura, it really means a lot, um, I totally agree probably a bit on my end um as you know we were just talking about hours of work and hours of trying to fit things in and no one to stop so I think it's yeah grateful that I'm here now we finally got this going yeah one of those things isn't it life gets in the way but it's all good so I guess Ollie you will probably give people a better idea of who you are and what you do so do you want to give us a little intro into yourself yeah so definitely so what I do previously like you said I was a rugby player and then and currently now I work in like lifestyle mentoring and probably mindset around professional athletes or business owners. So essentially it's more about creating really good structure and habits in their days. And um, because just like we were talking about earlier, we can, we, we, we sometimes do 12 hour days or plus hour days and not knowing that we've got to give something back to ourselves, or we'll essentially start to burn out or really we don't know. We just get stuck on that hamster wheel. So it's really more about giving back to ourselves um, learning to not be so critical on ourselves at times and really seeing the, the fundamentals and the basics of understanding that they can bring positivity to our lives and um, setting really good standards and habits, essentially. Mm, so that's powerful stuff and quite different from being a rugby player. So mm. fill, in, like, fill in the gaps. Like, How did you go from being a rugby player to where you are now? Wow. <laughs> so I think think of it like yourself, Laura. Like I think what we gone what we've gone through, we're very passionate about because we've come through the other side. And I feel like um some people have some sense of like um a calling after it where they go, Well, if I've gone through gone through something um and I've come through the other side, I want to then pass the message on to someone else who might be feeling a certain way or, or you know, feeling these feelings of not feeling uh, much meaning in their life anymore. So, mm-hmm. so originally it came from um, playing rugby um, my whole life from like, gosh, the age of seven, playing rugby. My whole identity was around rugby. And then from that, then um, having a couple of injuries. Well, when I say injuries, long-term, like knee reconstruction, 12-month layoff, but having three of those from the age of 18 to the age of 25. And then arthroscopes, cartilage, meniscus removal, um, ankle cleanouts. And every time I had these injuries, I feel really felt like I lost who I was um, because my whole identity was around this rugby as such sports. Um, and I really didn't know who I was and what I would do without it. And then it kind of comes to a stage where I was in Australia um, living over there. I had a girlfriend at the time. We just bought a house. Well, the house was getting built and we just got it bought. And I come to my second knee reconstruction. I didn't essentially have any family or anything there for that support network. And um, I just really, really hit like a form of rock bottom where I was so reliant on sports for income. But then if I was not injured, there was no contracts coming up and had bills to pay like everyone does. And all my issues are just coming to the surface. So that anxiety Mm -hmm. feeling, that tightness on the chest. um, And it just felt like there was no way of getting out this at at that time. And then through kind of self-discovery, working on myself and putting things in place um, and really learning more about who I was as a person and becoming, you know, that word, love yourself um, and really understand what that means. I felt like I come out the other end 
and you know we're constantly learning things about ourselves it's not like you we, we stop here and now we start preaching about we're we're continuously learning about ourselves while yeah. we're helping others but then i really had i had a mentor really it was a, it was a mentor really came and, and really supported me and really helped me and really helped me realize how much more potential i had and what other passions or what other things i was really good at and now he's one of my closest friends and that impact that he had on me and realizing how similar we were um, essentially was like, well, maybe there's a bit of a niche in you because the, the feeling of giving back, the feeling of um, mm-hmm. acts of service um, really was rewarding for myself and realizing that, you know, other people go through these things and what we can do to help them. Yeah. I know that's a bit of a long-winded story, Lord, but yeah. No, no. I mean, I like the long-winded and I like the detail. It, it definitely yeah. helps. And like, as a bit of a roller coaster, like those injuries aren't just our oh, little shoulder impingement either. They're like long term, yeah. serious injuries. Yeah. So I imagine, like for me, going to the gym is what I absolutely love. Mm. And I can imagine not being able to do that for a really extended period of time. And then yeah. my, you know, my finances and everything being reliant on me being able to do that. That's a, a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, I know you said that you kind of like got to rock bottom and then you started to do all this like self-development, mm. but how did you actually start doing the self-development? Because often mm. I find it's like, yeah, we talk about self-development and doing yeah. these things, but for me anyway, there was this big moment that I was like, mm. oh shit, this is where the work starts. Like, yeah. did you have anything like that? Yeah, I think there was a lot. Um so for instance, originally it was more about, well, how could I find happiness without exercise? How could I find happiness without sports? So for instance, when I was bed bound or on crutches for three months, um, that you know, that feeling of not worthiness would always come back. And recently I know that you hurt your ankle and you were in a boot for a while and you could have probably felt the effects of not being able to do your normal routine and how that plays effects on your well-being. So essentially it was more about um for me, it was like, well, if I lost my leg tomorrow am I still going to be happy? So it was kind of working around things that weren't exercise related, but more about the mind. So I was, so it was funny enough. I had, um, at that stage, so six years ago, you know, it was probably when I had the last injury and going through some breakups, going through a breakup, um, I was partying a lot more, um, drinking and stuff like that. And I would just always feel like really shitty at the end of the, on a Sunday, I'd wake up feeling like shit and, and this weirdly enough, I had this church um, probably down the end of my road. And I never was really into church at all or religion. Um, and I, every time I'd walk past it, I'd just have this thing inside me of where I was at this stage. Like, just just pop your head in there. Just pop your head in and go go say hello sort of thing. And so this, I think it would have been for like a month. And then after a month or so, I went into this church and, and I just stood at the back of the service. And this guy was talking about not God related, but more about yeah. life just lo- the, the normalities of life and the struggles we go through and the adversities and and what we can do and essentially it was more about that it was kind of it was like speaking to me and I'm not going out there preaching about God I'm not bible bashing the people but it's just more of an, an eternal connection with someone so I would weirdly enough so at the end of the service the pastor come down and his name's Russell Harper in Australia and we were just I was like mate just love what you said then I've said it's my first time here um <clears throat> I give up rugby at this stage, but I started doing triathlons. So I started doing triathlons and I t- and he was weird enough into cycling. So we'd go cycling every Saturday morning and grab a coffee and we would just 
cycle for an hour, have a coffee. For that coffee, though, I felt like we were just, he would talk about his, whatever he was going through, and I was talking about what I was going through that time. And we just connected. And then um, I started doing that. And then I started going on this, um, I went on this uh, this retreat, I suppose, in, in, in sunny coast in Australia. And it was more about um, kind of finding out who you were. So when I was on this retreat, um, it was like two days, and this guy spoke, and, and he was kind of saying, um, in all your circle of friends, find out something that you are better than than all your friends. So mm-hmm. I would go, well, my friend over here, he's way faster. He's the fastest in the group. This guy here, he's like the smartest. This one here is the funny one. <clears throat> but I always felt like my niche was talking and connecting with people. I had this underlying gift, I believe, that I would, we would talk right now. And before yeah. we know it, we'd only be talking for an hour, but it felt like we knew each other five years ago. We just had this connection, Laura. And then, um, so the Saturday I was sitting there with my notebook and I was just meditating. I was like, what is, what am I good at? What am I good at? And then the second day I just wrote down, I think I'm good at talking. And then I, I went up to the guy who was talking. I said, I think my gift is talking. He goes, well, the seed is planted in you now. So don't force it, but something will come from this now, but just be aware that do you believe this is your gift? So then after that, then I started um, just, I, I didn't really know. I just was open to going to things. So I'd go, I went to a different gym on a Saturday. I would, would connect with people outside of rugby and start talking to them. And, and there was um, a, a monk, a monk house, like about five, 10 minutes from my house, but I would, you could walk there. And it was one side, it was an open night to this monk house. And you could literally yeah. sit in the house with all these random people and just sit there and they would teach you how to meditate. I was sitting there and I thought, well, if I can become comfortable with the mind and comfortable with the words and the negative mm-hmm. talks and the self images that we have with each other. And actually, instead of fighting those words, actually redirect them or not attach to those words, then, um, you know, again, I'm going to become more comfortable in myself and learn a bit more about myself. And then it became then, um, you know, a journal regularly. I would take my journal everywhere. I mean, I literally walk my dog and I don't know about you, but I become really creative, Laura, when I walk. Um, and I would just stand there and I'd just write down whatever these crazy ideas I would have in my mind, like these beautiful ideas. And then I got to a stage then where um, I was going to this gym and it was a bunch of islanders, they're Polynesian boys, and we were talking about just um, sports, rugby, this, that, and the other. And I thought, bugger this, I'm going to just talk about some truths about how we actually feel. And I spoke and then about four out of the six guys, they were like, wow, yeah, yeah, I feel that way. And then it was weird. I, I wanted to always do podcasting. So that was about two and a half years ago where I was like, yeah, let's give it a go. Just us and these two other, me and two other guys, we started talking. And that was my, really for me, the seed was planted two years before that. But the mm-hmm. seed of podcasting was the initial thing. And then I started, um, you know, studying, you know, counseling, mentoring, getting into lifestyle, um, the mindset, goal setting, really going on talks, going on, yeah, going and applying for courses on that. And I was really realizing that a lot of the things that we're talking about were things that I already felt like I was doing. Mm. Um, and it was just more, you know, planting little seeds all the time yourself, Laura, like, and, you know, yeah. kind of go back to yourself. It's probably seeds that you've planted in yourself from ages ago that you didn't even know you did it. And then yeah. when you started doing these things, you're like, whoa, this brings me so much happiness. I didn't even know. Yeah, when you were talking then, I actually got goosebumps because I was like, oh, I... I 
I feel like I know the experience that you mean because especially yeah. when you were you know, talking to the pastor in, in the church and mm. that really that, that really struck a chord with me because when I went through all the abuse and the termination of the baby and everything like that mm. and I was in like really intense therapy my therapist is absolutely amazing four years later I'm still seeing her regularly I love it cool. I think everyone should do it a big advocate of it um but she was spiritual so there'd always been like this little spiritual part of mm. me but because I'd been so traumatized all of my life up until that point didn't really know how to access it but I'd always just felt something in me mm. and a little bit like how you felt like talking was your thing uh connection with people was was my thing and cool. I'd always felt that but I never knew how to channel it and I always went for like these high performance like sales recruitment jobs and was trying mm. to be um masculine woman that could provide everything to myself I guess but then through therapy and I really started to explore the spiritual side and I'll never forget when my therapist said this she was like you don't need to believe in a religion you don't need to Mm. have rigid rules about what a religion is but to have faith in something Mm. is really healing and really powerful and I started to think about that a lot more and I was like I think she's right with this because mm. then I started to because I used to be like really atheist I think we just die and then that was yeah. it it was quite a depressing view to be honest and now I think there's so much more to life there's so much more yeah. to the world we can't even comprehend really what there is out there and I've had some fascinating experiences with meditation as I'm sure you potentially mm. have as well and it just really opened my 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 view of the world it's like oh my gosh there's so much yeah. more out here um so yeah so so that really sh- like stuck with me what you said there and sort of gave mm. me goosebumps and it's just amazing to see how you can build um unexpected connections like that when you open yeah. yourself up to it yeah and, so true yeah and you know I, I wrote down here as well that you were speaking to other men and I know that's something that men find really hard mm. to do is to talk about their feelings and and open up so how did you find that when you started opening up and talking? How was that received? Um, I think, you know, initially the more, I, I think it was more about picking my battles at the start, picking the people I would want to speak to were more a bit, you know, like when you start talking to some people, some people become more curious than others, but mm-hmm. you may speak in a certain way. So it's kind of like, well, that guy seems a bit more curious. And then you just kind of got to shoot your shot. It's a bit like dating. If you yeah. like someone, you're not sure, you just shoot your shot. If you screw it up, you screw it up. At the end of the day, <laughs> you're becoming your true self in those moments. So yeah. I'll just own who I was. And in the, the day, it comes down to the end of that not everyone's going to be your people either. Like, yeah. not everyone's going to be liked by you. And that's totally fine. Like, if, if I find a world that everyone likes me, then, geez, there's something going wrong here. Because then the day, like, we can't be right at the, everyone. But um, I, w- I would just own it. Like, you know, I think... I've always been someone who needs the talk essentially. Like, you know, I'm not someone who just sits in bottles up. So, um, yeah, it was just, I'm trying to think how I did it the first time. I think the first was probably my mum. I love my mum to bit, bit. And another one, a woman who's, uh, you know, women who are more empathetic. So we turn to our women, the women more, you know, because they're more carers and nurturers. And then after a while, it was becoming more comfortable in who I was. And if I can speak up, like if I can do these public talks and put a, three 30 alpha males or a bunch of women or, or or men anyway and feel comfortable doing it and then walking out the room going well 
see how that went. And then when you walk out, you've got six men or three individual women coming up to you going, hey, wow, I felt that mm. way. Wow, mm. what, 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 can you help me how to meditate? Or what's, what do you do in journaling? Or what's gratitude? Well, how do you do these things? Well, you know, I, I just think that all of these things that we are doing are all really basic things which are, are effective. But we always go for, you know, the, the magic pill or, you know, if I get that flash car, if I get that, you know, like if I get those extra bit of abdominals, if I, whatever it is, all these materialistic things, I wear that Prada bag, whatnot. But if really essentially the things that make us happy are really, really simple, like going to walk your dog, going out in nature, going to, going to the ocean, have a nice coffee with a good friend. Really yeah. simple things make us happy. And it's just I, going, okay, well, identifying that. I agree. And, you know, walking Dylan is the best thing ever for me. I look at him and he's a really good reminder. Their tails wagging, their ears are mm. up, like the, the breeze is in their face. They're just yeah. so happy to be out sniffing, walking. So yeah. I often use that as a little bit of a reminder to anchor mm. me back into like what's actually important. And it's being here, it's breathing, it's feeling the, the air on my skin, the sun, it's mm. moving my body and it's it's being able. And, you know, all of those things that you mentioned, like the gratitude, the journaling, the meditation, they're all things that I advocate for massively mm. with my clients. And sometimes I met with a little bit of resistance to begin with because of course. I often have this um, preconception that meditation is sat there with your legs crossed, your hands mm. up, like I'm into to the sky or to a Buddha yeah. or something. But it doesn't have to have to be like that, but no. it can be life-changing when you do just right. like open yourself up to it. So how like, how have your clients found mm. introducing those sorts of things into like their day-to-day mm. life so, yeah perfect so I think the women clients are more inclined to doing it they're more optimistic men again it's like breaking that concrete mold but it's funny so one of my clients he's in uh, London and he's in a busy lifestyle job over there and, and I said and he's found himself just really reactive to his partner or you know things were just irritating really easy I said mate just give meditation a go give meditation a go do do at least 10 minutes a day. Just give 10 minutes a day a go for now. And then he was like, nah, screw this. I said, just give it a go. What have you got to lose? And then he did a week of it. And after a week, it was like, nothing's happening. And I said, like, just keep going. And he was mm-hmm. like, all right. After two weeks or three weeks, he was like, wow, yeah. And he just was like, mate, I can't believe this meditation stuff works. He's like, I've noticed that my my reaction to my partner's better now. I'm more... Um, don't I bite my tongue no not bite my tongue essentially if something happens I'm not reactive I'm I sit back more now before I go into those situations but it's like anything you know meditation if if, if we only do five minutes of it, of it a day it's high chance it's not going to do anything if I told you um you were going to go on a date and you can only speak to this person for five minutes a day by the end of the week you go well I barely know anything about this guy but I want I need well you need to do more of it to get to know that person more so it's like you yeah. You've got to do more meditation. You've got a longer time, you know. I remember the first ever time I did an hour in this monk monk's um, house and I was like, what the heck? I was fighting demons just trying to bloody get my head into it. And then, but what it is, the longer you leave it, the hold it before, you know, the time goes quicker. Um, I'm not saying I'm a monk. You know, I have my days where I can only go do six minutes and I'm like, that's enough for today. I can't. Or some yeah. days I can do half an hour, but I'm human and I'm not going out there and I'm preaching I'm a monk, but I'm, and, and the, the best thing about all of this, so you, you learn a lot about yourself when you, when you meditate, you realize more about why you get triggered by things. 
Yeah. And like, I love that because with meditation, sometimes like I've, I find myself like resisting doing it, thinking, oh, I really can't be bothered today. I really don't want to. Mm. And then like five, 10 minutes into it. And I'm like, oh, this is the best feeling. I was like, why did mm. I not want to do this? I was like, yeah. is it peaceful? <laughs> There's always resistance though, isn't it? At the start. There's always, like, yeah, yeah, all the time. It's always resistance, but it's getting, you know, habits, creating a time in the day to do it because, it's like anything. If you say, I'm going to go to the gym today, well, that's great, but you've got to actually put a day, time in your calendar. Otherwise, it's like, I'm going to put it on for later, put it on for later. And before you're like, oh, it's too late now. You know, it's setting habits, setting schedules is, uh, what's that saying? Structure creates freedom. So Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. But um, I wanted to just go back to something you said a moment ago about, like, finding your your sort of, like, tribe and when mm. you were, like, connecting with new people and experiencing new things. Because I often find with myself and my clients' journeys as well is that when you're embarking on change and like the type of work that we do is life changing, mm. life transforming, that it can be hard when your peers, your friends, your family mm. aren't necessarily on that journey with you. Yeah. And you can face resistance with them, which can make it even harder. Yeah how did you if you met if you found any resistance with your peers or anything yeah. like that with your clients but how did you then find your people because that's hard um, yeah I, well I definitely lost people on the way yeah. um I think again it comes back to just being comfortable in who you are and and when you you know you start doing things that become more in line with what you want to do um, and if you do lose people on the way, then that was meant to be like, mm-hmm. um, and you gain people as well. You gain amazing people, the connections that you gain when you become more honest with yourself and more who you want to be are the people that actually come in line with you. It might not happen instantly. I remember at the start when I was like, you know, wanting to do these things, but I was scared about what people would think, you know, talking in front of a phone, doing a podcast, being super yeah. vulnerable. What are they going to think? And then I just, I just did it. And then you kind of were like, well, if they mock me, if they take the piss out of me, then so what? That's actually a reflection of who they are because they are normally insecure about it. But um, yeah, it always comes back to just, I've got to be doing it. Like it sounds really bad, but we're all going to die one day. And if I feel like, if I feel like I can't, I've been scared to do what I want to do because of what they think about me, then I haven't lived the life of fulfillment yeah so, yeah is that um, what about you oh for me it was it was really hard because like you said at the beginning like you didn't know who you were I also was like who the hell am I when I don't drink mm. when I don't go out boozing on the weekends when mm. I don't have friend when all my friends do that so my friendships were very much so centered around alcohol and surface level things and then when I went to therapy, I started to realize I'm actually a really deep person. And I spoke mm. about this on a podcast I recorded yesterday. And I have like a real yearning for deep connection. Surface mm. level doesn't really cut it for me. Um, yeah. So then um, my therapist sort of ex- like showed me meditation and sound baths and then go into like um, like meditation groups. So mm. I started putting myself out there with going to like sisters, like um, connection circles. They're called sister connection circles. Yeah. They're very spiritual, woo-woo, the ones that I go to, but I love it. Um, 
And I just started going to these things and like finding them in my local area. And I was like, right, if I'm interested in spirituality, if I'm interested in deeper connection, not going mm. out and boozing, because I don't drink anymore, then mm. where am I going to find people that are aligned with these values? So I just started to look on Facebook for some groups that I could yeah, go yeah, yeah. message girls on Instagram that I thought I could be friends with and that mm. I like you know from their content and I just put myself out there and, and like you said you have to be like your genuine authentic self because you will attract the people that are for you and you'll repel yeah. the people that aren't for you and that's that's okay mm. but you don't have to do it in a mean way either though you don't have to be like oh well you're not you're not like me anymore then see you later like I've still got my best mates from school that are still in my circle and they very much keep me grounded and you know one's an accountant um one's in madrid working as a uh you know in banking um there's a mixed bunch there of people that are doing so dynamic like different stuff that you know but it's you know it's cool because i i might learn something off them and they might learn something yeah. me, but at the end of the day they're still my best friends but it doesn't mean that i can't stop being myself they they love me for who i am and i love them for who they are and we're just a really good united bunch of friends but um it's just, yeah, I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's about becoming more who you want to be in and, and, and who, you've got, you put yourself in situ in places where you want to aspire to. Like if you want to, you know, what's I saying? You are, you are out of the five friends you are, you are one of them, you know, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. That's what they say. So yeah. you're going to hang with people again, the drink all the time. You're going to become one of those. If you're getting people on drugs all the time, or you've got with people who are trying to get at it most days or trying to achieve things, then I recommend going to hang out with those people. So. yeah and that's why and I'm sure this is probably the reason why you created a community as well but for me that's why I was like community needs to happen inside my coaching because it can be a lonely scary journey mm. sometimes not always but it can be quite daunting when you make it change any changes so having that community to support you through that I think mm. is so valuable and I know that you're really big on community so like talk yeah. to me a little bit more about what you guys do then yeah yeah well uh, the community originally started because um i just it was in brisbane where i was living i've re recently just moved back but over there um three years ago now we started every sunday i would just go to these stairs because again i wasn't um i wasn't drinking and i would just um me and my mate would go and i thought you know i'll just do a selfie with him so anyone wants to come can come join so we started to go on the stairs in Brisbane, Kangaroo Point stairs. And then the week after we had like, you know, four come. Then the week after it might be a five and then so on. And then we got to the summer. It was like 40 of us down there. Wow. And then I was like, you know what? I want to create something more here. So we started doing charity events where we would do 12 hours of, of these stairs from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning, raise money for mental health at the time. And we were like, oh, wow, like, and it came again to being who I was. I was not trying to be someone I was. I was purely being selfish because I was doing this on Sundays for myself. So I wasn't going out there like, hey, guys, be like me. Come. It was yeah. like, literally, I'm, I'm running. If you want to run, come with me. And then it was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go deeper into who I am. I'm going to go. I'm going to go meditate after this, guys. You're more than welcome to come. Five to ten minutes. And then like 90% of them would come over and meditate. And, you know. At the end of it, you'd be like saying question, well, what's been a highlight of your week? What's something you need to do less, uh, need to do less of? Yeah. And then you go into other conversations then where we're like, all right, we'll, we'll create a men's group. We'll create a women's group. And, you know, well, what's been, what's been holding you back at the moment? That was the stem of it. That was the seed that got planted at the start. And they started 
sprouting as such. And then from that, then we were like, well, this create up, this create these 12 week programs for people. Um, and then it was more about, you know, putting structures in their days. What do you want to achieve? And then when I moved over here, um, I had two people look over that in Australia now and then yeah. started to build it over here. So, so that's where it started the community and it's always been based on community and, and community is actually generally caring and showing empathy, not just, um, you know, taking a couple of selfies with each other and be like, Hey, that was cool. Yeah. Let's, and barely talk. It's actually like if Instagram and social media wasn't here, would you be doing it still? Because the core, your core is still got to be right, you know? Mm. And I see you're doing it too. Now you're doing it, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I've been wanting to do, but for some reason I've held myself back from doing it. And I think it's probably more so imposter syndrome. If I'm being completely mm. honest, like, why would I do this? Why would people be interested? But one of my mentors has given me a massive push on it recently. Mm. Um, and I'm holding a women's connection circle for my clients awesome. next month. I'm so excited about. Um, but you said something there as well, which just got me thinking by you being your authentic self, you gave all of those people that decided to come on that run with you, decided to do that meditation, mm. permission to be themselves as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that on its own is really powerful because when you can just like let go and someone mm. else is like, oh, it's okay for me to be myself as well. Yeah, so true. There was no structures in place. It's like be yourself, come here, do what you want. Um, and the, the funny thing about it is, right, there's no, like I love Wales, right? And maybe it's the thing because I've been brought up in Bridgen, but I feel like, you know, small, te- small town mentalities where we're all like, that's my circle of friends. That's my circle of friends. That's my circle of friends. And we can only hang out with these people. But I fell and I've fallen out with so-and-so over there. So-and-so has fallen over there. And before you know it, you can't create these communities because people, are, you know, a little, some people are a bit more, you know, can't just drop their walls. But then you've got to get over that and be like, you know what? We need to make this place a better place and create these communities. And so what if someone's there? You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for someone else. But you go there and you just get friendly with people like, you know, we've got people who are um, athletes getting friendly with people who are farmers, you know, we've got, you know, people working office getting to know a police officer, you know, everyone's socializing. We're like, I would never speak and talk with you otherwise, but these situations make you grow as a people person because you're doing things out of your comfort zone without feeling uncom- uncomfortable. Mm. So. And I love meeting people from all different types of backgrounds and experiences mm. and walks of life. And I kind of think the more fucked up someone is, <laughs> the more interested in yeah. um, of a person they are. And it's, it's usually the people that have been through the most that are doing mm. things like what we're doing now because they've been able to turn those like vulnerabilities like into their greatest power and yeah, their yeah. strength. And it's lovely to be a part of seeing people make those connections as well. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but it's just like literally like lights my heart on fire. And yeah. like this real warm feeling in my chest. Yeah, yeah, so true. I Like I tell all of the people we come across, I said like, you know, hi Chan, hi Chance, you will remember this conversation, but you remember the feeling that you're left with. Like yeah. you remember that feeling, oh, that, that connection I had with that girl or that guy. I've never met before. I don't remember the exact words they said, but geez, they're a good person. You know, yeah. like that feeling, that's what you want when you leave a place. And that's what you're being authentic to yourself. That's what you create essentially. So, mm-hmm. and you're doing it and it's great to see that Laura, you know, you're with what your business, like the women's community you're doing. It's great. We need more things like this, you know, 
essentially there's people in the same same communities and mentors and coaches just like you but if you can learn off each other and you know have that competitive edge that we all have but you're learning learning off each other and and just putting your best self out there because essentially we all want to help we all want to help that's what it comes out to I agree. And I always think, you know, I've, I've, I always think that people that kind of are like, oh, you're going to collaborate with this person, but they do the same thing as you. Like, is that a mm. good idea? And I was like, yes, because the people that gravitate to me will gravitate to me. The people that gravitate to you mm. will gravitate to you anyway. You know, yeah, yeah. by me hoarding them doesn't mean mm. that they're going to work with me or join my yeah. community at all um and i do believe if we can collaborate and share and help one another it just opens more opportunities for everyone and there's we can share so true there's uh there's more than enough people out there i'm sure so it's not a shortage on people yeah yeah it's it's a yeah it's a good place to be in a good situation and and it's exciting to be fair I'm, i'm glad to be back in the uk and and doing what I'm doing and doing what you're doing. It's great to see other people doing it, you know? Mm. Um, you said something a second ago as well, which I, which I wanted to mention, because I think for someone listening, it would be really helpful. And mm. um, you said, you know, when you were sp- speaking about like small town mentality and then falling out with, mm. with certain groups and then just having to put yourself out there and show up as who you are. Like, I think it's mm. important to highlight that it's okay to change, to change your mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a really good sign that you are on the right path if you can go yeah. you know what I wasn't the nicest to that person or mm. we had a bit of beef back in the day but I'm in a really different mindset right now I don't think that's even relevant to hold that yeah. grudge and I'm choosing to like move past this and not let that old version of so me true. hold me back and cling on yeah. to that identity mm. So true. I think, you know, that's just, you. it's a mentality of going, you know what, just you've got to build the bridge and sort of get over that. But um, if it's like, if it's holding you with anger, you know, for instance, like um, breakups or, you know, someone's going out in small towns, unfortunately, someone's going out with someone you probably know or someone you've connected with. And we hold this anger and I, I say it to everyone all the time. So one part of the thing we do for talk, talking with anger is, um, you know, if something happened to you, Laura, or something happened to me, uh, and I've done it for myself, and um, someone may have upset me or someone may have hurt me in the past, then what I tell everyone to do is uh, to write a letter. When you write a letter, and um, basically writing out that scenario in your head, what may have happened years ago, and right at the end of that letter, like, I forgive you. Doesn't mean that you forgive that person for what they've done but you're actually forgiving that pain that you are carrying with yourself all the time because of that pain that we carry with ourselves all the time. The only person that's really hurting us is ourselves. That person's still going on with their life. And um, you, like I've, we've all had it, you know, some days we might be driving down the road and this scenario pops in our head from years ago and we add, you know, a couple of dragons to the story, make it bigger and bigger than what it was. And before you know it, you're in a rough, you're in a huff with yourself and it happened four years ago. So yeah. say, well, Write that out. Write that story you've just created in your head and realize how much of that is true and how much of that is fake. But you've got to just keep on apologizing. I forgive you. I for- Not apologize. I forgive you. Just constantly I forgive you because the more you do it, you relieve that pain out yourself. You relieve that and you're more present in your day. And you've got to let go of these things. Like 
to go, move forward as a person in life, we only have so much energy every day. If we're giving 40% of that energy to something that happened in the past, then that's only affecting you. So I know it's a bit off of the question you asked about if you yeah, have this yeah. small town mentality, but um, like, right. again, these things we've got to, these are mechanisms that, that work, that work, yeah. that forgive, you know? Yeah. And so we had um, our psychologist deliver a training last night on a crash course to mental health. And she spoke about how um, you want to create good neural pathways mm. and you can have bad neural pathways by ruminating on unhelpful thoughts. And, mm. you know, she said, the more you think about a really negative situation, the more you're just going to train yourself yeah. to constantly think about that. And exactly like what you said, when you repeat that forgiveness and you, yeah, you know, yeah. keep hammering home that to yourself, like, you will start to believe that and feel that because you've created the the pathways and the links in your in your mind already. And mm. the more you repeat it, the stronger those links become. So it's like she used the example of like you know you're going down for a walk down the woods and yeah, one yeah. person walks and then a few more people and then suddenly you've got a muddy little path. It's yeah, it's, so true. Yeah, it's the same thing. And um, and I love that idea of of writing a letter. I'm a huge advocate of having affirmations that you can say yeah, to yeah. yourself in those like what if moments or if when mm. moments sorry um yeah. yeah affirmations I mean I've got some up here that I look at every day when I'm at my desk that remind me of what right. a good job I'm doing because sometimes that feeling of oh yeah being shit, I'm awful at this what's the point is real yeah. <laughs> you know so true so true you know if you have a, a, a client or something that's you know ended early or they you know they they finished or they have they're not fully you know they haven't done what you've asked and we take it personal but we don't know their situation they might not financially be able to afford something at the moment so we start we start questioning our belief start questioning our, our journey are we meant to be doing this is our purpose you know but again it's about you know seeing the 99 percent of positive comments you have to that one you know i had a woman a client speak to me the other week and she said about she won this award for um uh, North, one of the top women in Northern England um, speaking um, she had 900 people message saying well done but one of her friends didn't text her to say well done and she was dwelling on that one person that didn't tell her well done I said mm. that's how we that's how we've been hardwired you can't yeah. see the 900 things but we've got that one person that didn't say well done so we're annoyed with that but it's <laughs> like well no that's not true it's like it's just again it's our self talk it's how we massively on how we talk to ourselves you know our brains are really fragile and listen to anything but there's a lot of things you know we do but it's more about catching yourself we're humans yeah. we, we do these i've done well, it we've all done this it this is the bible technique isn't it it's designed yeah. to keep us alive we look for threat and danger because we don't want to die so that's why we mm. often do go to these worst case scenarios but we're not living in the wild anymore with like saber-toothed tigers coming after mm. us or not going to be able to eat for days and weeks on end. So the threats that we face now are, does this person like me? Why mm. haven't they come back quick enough? You know, or like, why haven't I got any matches on Tinder or, or whatever? Yeah. You know, these threats that we feel now. And I think... Mm. I think it's becoming more and more important, the things that we're advocating for, because mm. you need to have that mental resilience. Otherwise... Oh, yeah life will just beat you down it used to yeah. beat me down anyway <laughs> yeah so true well that's one of the other things i talk about um with the men 
Well, speak briefly on it with women, but more about the men is, you know, I talk a lot about porn as well. Like, again, the mm. more that we accept porn, the more we watch porn, the more weaker we become. And people get confused with that because we, it's so easy and accessible to watch porn that we actually don't feel like we need to get out of our comfort zone and may ask that girl on a date or may go speak to, for instance, if you're into a guy, that you go speak to that guy over there because we've got everything in front of us. We need to create this get out of our comfort zone as such. Getting out of comfort zone doesn't mean going to climb a thousand meter wall. Sometimes it's like going to speak speak to someone who who's maybe, you know, you're attracted to or uh, so it's a really big thing at the moment. I'm really talking about, you know, we do, we done a challenge in November and um, it was called no nut November. So it's basically the month of November. You don't watch, you're not watching porn or, or you're not masturbating just to test yourself. I wouldn't recommend not masturbating at all or, or anything, but it's just mental challenges that we do at times with ourselves. So. Yeah, but there's loads of research to back that up mm. as well. Um, you know, and the psychological effects and impacts that that's having on society and dating, like in the 21st yeah. century, has completely changed. Like, do yeah. you meet someone in person anymore? <laughs> oh, I know, right? What's that about? So many yeah. people don't do it. The Tinder world has taken over a lot of people, but um, yeah. yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. slightly off subject there but I want to <laughs> sort of like wrap things up today I I want to ask you so if, if someone's listening right now and they're really stuck they want to make this change they know that they need to embark on this journey but they're just scared they're nervous they feel a little bit embarrassed what are my friends gonna think of me can I do this like what if I make mm. a cock of myself what advice would you give to that person now? Um, so so if someone wanted to just become something like they were passionate about and they wanted to do something. Yeah. Um, just Find just your most authentic self. Mm. Well, I think first, you know, it's just doing the smallest thing, like doing something in that direction, but just maybe not the full leap, maybe just taking that foot, you know, dipping your toe in the water such at the start. And then after that, hold your foot in that water a little bit longer. And then you get, you know what, that's not too bad anymore. And then you just keep going to that next step. Don't get overwhelmed by the big, big leap, but more importantly, take those little steps on that journey, you know, and that can walk it, that can be in any walk of life. But um end of the day, life's just too short, I believe, to not do what you want to do. So if you want to go and venture on your own business or you're passionate about something, go do it. The worst thing you could do, you know what, you can go back to that old job. You can go back to working somewhere else. Like it's, if it didn't work out, hey, you tried it. You don't want to be 40 or, or you don't want to be 50 or 60 living in resentment and, and, you know, angry with the partner you're with because of you didn't take that plunge 30 years ago. Just live your life the way you want to but put some structures in place, put some things in place to, so, you know, you know, the percentage of it happening is higher than just going, ah, oh, I'll yeah, give it a go, you know? I'm so glad you said that. And you reminded me of a conversation that I had like four years ago with my therapist when I first moved to Wales. I, you know, I weren't working. I had no money. I had, mm. I had, no, I had no home. I had nothing at that point. I really was rock bottom. And before I started coaching, I've got the diary still. I won't get rid of it. It's going to be something that stays with me forever now. But I was brainstorming life coaching, how I can help mm. other people, all of these things, these different these different areas that sort of come off of coaching. And at the time, I didn't realize coaching like this and this capacity was really a thing. Um, so like back to what you said earlier in the podcast, the seed was definitely planted way before mm. I started and I realized it. 
But the one thing my therapist always said, because I was like, oh, should I do this life coaching course? Should I do my PT qualification? Mm. It's like, so what? If you do it and it doesn't work out, so what? Exactly like you said, just go back and do what you were doing. You try something Mm. else. And um, something she really said to me as well, which I think would be helpful for people to hear, is um, you might start doing this and then realise, oh, actually that's not my calling this is my calling mm. that's opened up more doors more opportunities to things that yeah. you possible for you and I think if you can look at it as if like fuck this is exciting because I don't know where this is going to take me yeah, but yeah. because I'm loving this I'm enjoying it and I want to put more in then whatever the outcome is it doesn't really matter because you're just enjoying it <laughs> So true, so true, and it's that optimism, you know. Uh, everything you just said was bang on, the, bang on there, Laura. And it's, it's so true. Just give everything a go, and don't say, say, you know, if an opportunity comes, take it, give it a crack. If you find yeah. out if you like it pretty quick after it, but just be, optimism is the key, I think, you know. And just, just, I think that's the life of living authentic, you know. It's just mm. doing what you're passionate about and doing what's curious to you. So yeah, it's very much what you're doing, which is amazing. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? I've, I mean, the whole time we've been talking, I've been grinning ear to ear. I just love types <laughs> of conversations, you know. No, I appreciate it. So have I. Yeah. So one last thing then, Ollie. If you could Please. go back in the past and leave yourself one piece of advice, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a hard one, yeah. I don't know. I'll... I'll... I don't want to have the cliche saying of just keep doing what you're doing, but it would probably be around that. Like, just be like um, those times of hardship. Those times of hardship, I would have probably said, hey, it's going to be okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. I think the year when I was 24, 25, I was like, geez, if it's like this for, for like the rest of my life, well, I don't want to live anymore. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and that was probably the thing. And, and I reflect now, you know, and just going like, geez, like that was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, you know, all the hardships, the, 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 the everything that's gone on has made me the person I am today. So um, a, the next hardship I have, I, I look look forward to it going, OK, well, what yeah. am I going to learn? You know? Yes. So yes. that's this is the like key, my motto. I think. Yeah. yeah. What am I going to learn is my motto. Um, every shit situation that I'm in I'm like okay this isn't a shit actually because it's trying to teach me something and I say this to my clients when they come to me and they're like I've had a really bad week you know my nutrition's been awful I've made poor choices Mm. I feel like I've made no progress I'm like hold up this is progress because Mm. now we know what your triggers are now we know what we're working with and now we know how to move forward so if you can always like know that you're going to be okay and have that Mm. mindset well, what can I learn from situations? You're winning. You can't yeah, lose. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. And the fact that they're even asking those questions, it becomes they're aware of already yeah. their habits now. They're starting to pick up their traits, you know, the, the bads and the good. So it's great. Yeah. And it doesn't stop, unfortunately. <laughs> like, no. I'm doing it's a constant pro, like process of reevaluating what you're doing, questioning it. But I think that's what makes life more interesting and fun for me yeah (laughs) what do you do what do you do to give back to yourself Laura obviously you know like working with clients and supporting what do you do for yourself obviously you speak to your therapist but what else 
So for me, I spend a lot of time on my own. I'm a massive introvert and okay. I love, yeah, love spending time on my own, but my energy drains really quickly. So mm. I do need to spend time on my own. I like to spend time out in nature with my dog. Um, I also, you know, do meditation with the meditation groups mm. and, and things like that. But for me, it's just really connecting with my body with like yoga, nice being present doing hikes physical things like that that really sort of challenge me um yeah and it's making sure that I'm staying on top of those you know daily non-negotiables which are journaling meditation eating mm. like basic things just like eating regular meals at regular yeah, time because yeah. um I'm human as well those things will slip off but yeah so true the things that we advocate for our clients are the things that <laughs> so true right 100 percent, 100 percent. i totally agree with you that was awesome though yeah well thank you so much for coming on i've loved the conversation today and you know i would love to have you back again so i hope that you do been really great talking to you and i really appreciate how much you've opened up and what you're also doing for you know the local community because i know you're in bridgen the same area Mm. as me it's incredible and i like I'm inspired by the work that you do and, and really admire that because I think there needs to be more of this that's happening. So mm. I appreciate you. I'm sure everyone else does. Yeah, Thank you so much. Pleasure. So if anyone listening has any questions, they want to talk about anything from today, please feel free to pop me a message. Um, but Ollie, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find you, how can they do so? Um, so you've got your, your, your socials. I think my Instagram is ollie.olds. Um, the podcast is Walkers Only Podcast. Um, yeah, basically just reach out on there. We've got a 60-day trans- mindset transformation happening in May. Um, apart from that, that's it. But um, otherwise, you just see us in the community. Or if not, you're not with our community, jump on with Laura and get a part of that one as well. So, um, you know, thank you so much. I really appreciate the, uh, my time on this podcast. Laura. You're welcome. And I'll, I'll put links to your socials as well so people can find them easily. Thank you. Amazing. Lovely. Awesome.